Eagle uh, countdown. Yeah, if you read the messages, that would <laughs> oh be great. Oh my god, and we're live. Eagle, I'm waiting for my countdown. Your countdown was in chat. I was also giving you a countdown and you looked away from the camera. <laughs> Welcome everyone, you're listening to it perhaps watching Consult Sports. I'm your host, Keith Delarine. You guys want to try that uh, again? No, it's fine. All right. <laughs> um... I'm your host, Peace Delores. I am joined by Terry Tam and uh, Eagle, our producer. We are not together. We are separated. Um, we are based in Montreal, Quebec, and uh, in Quebec, the province. As of today, for 28 days, uh, weird amount of days to be chosen, especially when you consider the horror movies that start that that have the name 28 Days and 28 Days Later. Uh, but the uh, the government has decided. Uh, that we cannot uh, convene together in the studio. So unfortunately for the next four shows or so, we will be uh, doing this virtually once again. It's not the same show when we're not together. We can't react to a lot of the video clips. We can't do a lot of things that we normally do. Uh, we can't have the same kind of good time, but we're going to try and have a good time anyway, and we're going to focus a lot on bringing great guests this month. And we start strong because it is the NBA Finals, Terry. And later today, we interview Carlin Gay. Um, I'm pumped to interview Carlin Gay. I mean, Carlin, he's one of our... I was trying to look to see which episode he was on. I think he was number three. Something's wrong with my camera. Do you guys see what I see? Yeah, I do. I don't know. I don't know that what you fun. see. So that's an impossible question to answer. It's I'm not inside weird. your mind, Terry. <laughs> or my eyes. So yeah, Carlin is one of our first guests. I don't know if he was our first one though. That's a good question. It might have been I, Shaquille I Finn. The first one was, was Shaq. Uh, yeah. Shaquille Finn. Akeem was in there too, like the top five. But I used one of the first three for sure. And uh, Carlin's great, man. He's uh, he's probably one of the most uh, informative guys when it comes to the sport of basketball that we've had on here for sure. Also, fun fact, if you play Fortnite twice, you basically get out of the quarantine. Get it? I have no idea what because that means. Fortnite is 14, 14 days, days, so if you play it twice. Um, okay. is anyone, yeah, yeah, is anyone with you? Is anyone with you? There is no one here. You want me to hit myself? Okay, so there's nobody who can throw something at you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, take yeah. the Chetty's garlic sauce and just smash it over your forehead. Yeah, please, please just do burn. that. It's because this episode is brought to you by Chetty's Hot Sauce. Well done. Very visit impressive. visit chettyshotsauce.ca and use Hot Sauce 25 for 25% off the entire website. It does remind me, though, that if I'm, if I'm um, you know what, I'm not really in the mood for Chetty's because I love Chetty's. I have it all the time, but I want to I change it up. And I, uh, I'm reminded I, I, gotta, I got my, some meat. It's got to be rubbed down. Uh, yeah. What sauce goes best with meat that's been heavily rubbed? Uh, the Mike's BBQ rub. It's called La Sauce. It's actually a very good barbecue sauce, and there it is on your screen right now. If it wasn't covered by Peace Face, by Peace's face, but you can use Hot Sauce Ten for ten percent off on Mike's BBQ Rub uh, for all the individual bottles, not on the packs and not on the discounted ones already. So it's ten percent off already, and it's honestly it's amazing. I use the barbecue sauce. The ghost bourbon is my favorite thing. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, it was really good actually. There was a, there was a time not uh, not too long ago. Uh, McDonald's forgot to give me my sweet and sour sauce with some nuggets. Nuggets without sauce is garbage. I so, had nuggets today with sauce, so fuck you. Got got the uh, got the Mike's barbecue rub out. Ghost ghost pepper, ghost bourbon pepper. Excellent, loved it. It was delicious. Um, Terry, no. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. I just hate right. being here. I like being in studio. I don't want. I know here. it's 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 weird. It's not the same. I hate it, but it is what it is. Um, so 
I don't get me so- don't get my conspiracy theorist brain started on this whole COVID bullshit. Well, it just it just seems bizarre <laughs> that the timeline corresponds exactly with the reopening of schools, but what they did instead was close restaurants and restrict social gatherings. So you can't you can't have people over, but you can go to the mall and be like, hey, let's meet up at the mall. Yeah, I can be in a classroom of twenty five people, but I can't have. Uh, us for socially distant in our studio. Uh, we can go to the gym, but we can't go to the fast food place. Yeah, yeah, you can go. You can eat at a restaurant. Well, before this, you were able to eat at a restaurant and take your mask off, but students had to keep their masks masks on in class. Yeah. So, plenty of contradictions here. It's just weird. It feels like nobody actually knows what they're doing, but they're just sort of plugging it every direction, hoping that it goes away. It's like they um, forget. They 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 approve. Uh, an idea without realizing what the previous idea was. That's what I feel like. Also it is. possible. Also yeah. possible. Um, I want to talk about something, and I don't know if we'll have time to get into it with Carlin because uh, his basketball information is just excellent, and we want to talk as much finals as possible. Jason Whitlock um, had an article out talking about how uh, the NBA um, has been ruined for him because of LeBron James. And how LeBron James is making him choose between the NBA and America. And he goes on to say, you know, he talks about uh, because of his involvement with Nike and China. And uh, but then also praises Jordan. But what's interesting is Jordan <laughs> Brand and Nike are a conglomerate. Yeah. Jordan started Jordan Brand and was a Nike athlete. And also was used to sell shoes all over the world. It's really, it's a really strange article. Um, it, it, it seems, it just seems odd. Like, like, you know, he's entitled to his opinion, obviously. It just felt very heavy-handed and in a, in a, just an attack on, again, like, I don't understand people's issue with LeBron. He doesn't seem to be a bad person. You can disagree with his politics. You can not like his play. You can think he's, he's you know, uh, not as good as MJ. You can think whatever you want. You can, But I, like... From all I've seen, I haven't seen a negative thing about him. Okay, I understand the the, the issues in China are complex, but they're not the only company that's doing that. Um, Every company we buy from practically is running through all of the um, unfortunate situations in China. It's how how capitalism works. But it's not necessarily – the thing about LeBron is that people hate him for whatever reason. And like I said last week, you know, the way he talks can kind of come off as a little arrogant, but whatever. That's not – it doesn't take away the fact that – he does have a point and he does have a voice and what he's saying, you know, might garner some attention, needs might needs to uh, get some attention. The only thing is that people that think they're smarter than LeBron James are disagreeing with LeBron James. And that's the problem right now. And the problem when you have is the country's split in, in half. Everybody's split in half now. You have uh, the Trumpers on one side. You have... Uh, uh, the LeBron guys on the other side. And when you have the president that had 60 million people vote for him talk shit about one person, all those 60 million people are going to talk shit about that same person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's what's happening now. And I think that Whitlock is – he's a special guy, man. I don't disagree with him on a lot of things. But when it comes to the situations like this where you just don't really need to speak because he contradicts himself, like you said, with the Nike thing and, and Michael Jordan. And I think that Whitlock is just one of those guys that just – he's – He's the other side of Skip Bayless, you know, where he just he's looking for a soundbite, he's looking for people to retweet, he's looking for a clicks, you know, like it's just the way he is. He's he's um, he's what's the word I'm using? He's uh, the word I'm looking for. He's uh, an idiot. 
Well, that, there's that. I mean, I don't think he's an idiot. I think he's a smart guy. I just think that he's, you know, he's a little misplaced in this right now. And I think that he's looking for, uh, he's basically virtue signaling. He's looking for attention for so people to jump on his idea of LeBron James. And I think that's where Whitlock kind of falls is that he comes off as a pompous prick where if he has actual facts and and and, uh, and and smart conclusions and smart ideas, then I think that people will more likely listen to him and maybe change their views on LeBron James or the other way around. You know what I mean? It just, yeah, it just it, sucks that LeBron's getting heat for just trying to be a good guy. He um, So LeBron's campaign, he, he's heavily invested in a campaign that's trying to get people to go out and vote, right? Um, this is another thing that Woodlock had an issue with. And I was like, man, so what's your benefit to not having people vote unless you think that that's the only way your politics can survive is if, less people vote right no, like, the, the problem is is that the, so you have to I'll, I'll, i'm gonna flip it on this is that i don't think i mean you can tell people to vote everybody should vote it's your right but it's also your right to vote if you don't want to vote then don't vote mm -hmm. but it's also you also i'm also one of the guys where if you don't vote then you can't really complain on who's in who's in, but that's, who's but that's the, sort of the the campaign lebron's campaign is essentially that is that you can't instigate change unless you vote i would argue that man and then, so i don't want to get too heavy-handed but when I was looking at stuff um, related to the, the Breonna Taylor trial, and I was like, man, like it almost doesn't even matter who's president because changes need to happen at the local level. And that's where you get the least amount of votes is in municipal elections. And that's where you can actually begin to affect change. If all the different municipalities then push the states and the states then push the, the federal government, that's the way you, you get change. And that's not happening. You know, his goal is to get people to vote. And obviously he wants people to vote, you know, aligned to his side. But that, that's what everyone does who campaigns during election season. Of course. And I think is the, uh, I think we've seen him. And it's like p politicians use celebrities all the time. We're seeing it with Biden and his whole uh, his thing with The Rock, where The Rock uh, endorses him and Kamala Harris. And we saw it with Joe Biden and Cardi B. Like that was the probably the dumbest conversation I've ever heard. But they're using they're they're using. Uh, they all, they've always used celebrities to get votes, and even Obama did it too. I mean, everybody does it. Trump does it too. Trump does it with Kanye West, and pe so people want to rip on uh, people want Biden for doing it with Cardi B, but you know Trump does it with Kanye West. Trump did it with a bunch of people. So it's just the way politics work. They look for votes, and the thing is, when LeBron says go out and vote, he's he's basically telling people to go out and vote against Trump, and yeah. that's the problem that Whitlock sees. And it's like I was saying before, you see it as Whitlock not wanting people to vote against what he believes. It's also this, the shoe is on the other foot with LeBron James. LeBron James is trying to get people to vote for what he believes. So LeBron James but knows he has that, hundreds of millions of followers. But the difference is that LeBron is not going out and making a public assault on Jason Whitlock. Jason exactly. Whitlock no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's where the difference yeah. is. Um, anyway, Terry, we've uh, gone on. But also, if you're going to put yourself in the line of fire, you should be able to – you're going to get some bullets. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we will get to bullets later, hopefully with Carlin Gay. But for now, Terry, it's the news. I don't know if we have sounders. <laughs> Eagle, is there sound? I mean, there will be sound. We'll play it can now. You, so can, you hum it? can you hum it for me? Is that what it is? Nailed it. Ah! 
Terry, it's the news. I hope your wife hates you right now. She does. She just got home too. She's not happy because <laughs> she had she worked a double shift and she's very tired and was hoping I'd be at the studio. But nope, I'm here <laughs> uh, causing a ruckus uh, ahead of the Thursday night football game that no one will ever watch. Why would you? Why would you make a primetime game uh, between two teams you knew would be winless at this point in the season? But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Because you have um, to put them early in the season, because later in the season they're not gonna. Because everybody has to get a Thursday night game, right? So they're yeah. gonna front. They're gonna front load all the shitty schedule, all the shitty games at the beginning. That's why we saw Jacksonville and Miami last week. That was pretty bad too. Yeah. I'm a Dolphins fan, and even when they win, it's boring. Um, yeah. So what did you what did you see in the, this past week of NFL football? Uh, I saw how the Jets are gonna jet, and we're gonna see them jet again tonight. And how uh, Sam Darnold is only able to put up seven points against the freaking Colts. You know, it's not like the Colts are the Chiefs or the Ravens or whatever. And the Colts winning thirty six to seven last week against the Jets is 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 scary to me. It's like when do we ever? When are we? Where are we going to see a successful Jets team? You know what I mean? We haven't seen uh, any success from them since Mark Sanchez was there, and he was uh, and he was giving his feet to Rex Ryan's wife. You know, it's not. It's just. It sucks because they're a major city. It's not like we're not talking about like some buttfuck team in Memphis. You know what I mean? We're talking about the New York City Jets. And and it's just – it's very disheartening. And I think we know that Adam Gase is the reason. But for some reason, owners love him. Yeah. Uh, he keeps getting hired even though um, he's awful. He he runs off your best talent. He His game plans are very simplistic and easy to predict and easy to stop. And it's, it's frustrating because he – he was known as the quarterback whisperer, but what he did to become the quarterback whisperer is make perhaps the most exciting man, Jay Cutler, smoking Jay. He made him the most boring quarterback in the league. Nobody wants to see Jay Cutler protect the ball. You want to see him rip the ball over the field. He was Jameis Winston before there was Jameis Winston. We sure. want that Jay Cutler all the exactly. time. How dare you? How dare you take How that dare you? and then go on to the Jets? Yeah, exactly. How you dare think the city of New York's gonna go? You think the the, the city of New York's gonna go over thirty zero and thirty two this season? No, it's impossible because the I Giants. Mean, it's possible. They're both really bad. It is very possible. It is possible, but not. It's very unlikely. So, is it? I think it's. What are the odds that two teams finish zero and sixteen in the same season? Um, very fucking high. Eagles, what's the odds? Very low odds. I mean, if they don't play each other, it's possible. I mean, <laughs> Imagine they play each other and they tie. Yeah, I like that I asked you for the odds and you just said it's possible. But I, it, I don't know how you would even calculate odds for that. Because really, it's just you have to lose every game. But it's not really like... So well, because every game... The, the outcome as win or lose as a 50 well, But every game has three push, outcomes, right? Every game has yeah, three outcomes. win, lose, tie. Exactly. But I, what you also have to look at is it's not that you're flipping a coin to determine who wins a game, right? Like if you have the yeah. Jaguars playing, uh, I don't know, the Saints. Well, maybe a bad example. But the Chiefs or something. You know who's going to win that game. Like the outcome is more likely to be Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's but not say, just like one-third, one-third, one-third odds. But just just based on the outcomes, what, what would it be? Like if if, if, all things, if all teams were as bad as the Jets? Uh, what? If all teams were as bad as the Jets? Yeah, all teams are equally bad. Well, then, the, then the, all teams are equally good in that sense, in which case there we it's go. a coin flip. <laughs> so what are the chances then of going 0-32? Okay, so what you're saying is the Jets are winning the But then basically Bowl. you're saying the chance of winning and losing is the same. Yes. Exactly. So then it's 50% to the power of 16. There we go. Now you know, uh, Terry, you learned a thing. I learned a thing. Math. So apparently um, I'm, I'm very confused. Jets suck. 
Yeah, I'm. Giants I are better. Feel bad. So Mr. Trubisky is not a good quarterback. It's not his fault that the Bears traded up for him and drafted him ahead of Pat Mahomes. He didn't make that decision. The garbage Bears organization did. But um, you how knew, short of a leash? How short of a leash did he have, though? Well, but you knew you knew going through the season once they signed Foles that they had to give Trubisky a look because it's a contract year. They need to know whether they're picking up the the fourth year rookie option, or if they're going to be letting him go. And you knew that when Foles brought there was like they're going to take a look, but unless he's like absolutely incredible, the first terrible mistake he makes, he's out of the game. And then Foles came and dropped his D all over all over the Falcons D. And the Falcons just pull a Falcon at this point, right? Just just blowing leads and going twenty nothing, uh, going going down twenty nothing in the fourth quarter to lose that game. It's it's crazy to me how Dan Quinn still has his job after three weeks after blowing the the lead against the Cowboys, now blowing the lead against against the fucking Bears and Nick Foles. It's crazy. So do you think? Because um, I actually think Matt Ryan is just on a talent level alone, just pure skills. I think Matt Ryan's one of the best passers in the NFL and has been since early in his career. Is he the new – we always said like Phil Rivers will be the next Dan, Dan Marino. Is he the new Phil Rivers that he's going to be the next best guy to, ne- to never win a Super Bowl? That's a good point, actually. I mean, I think Philip Rivers is one of the guys. I think Matt Ryan, we can probably hold him more to like a Tony Romo standard mm-hmm. where, you know, he had a lot of success. And, you know, maybe Philip Rivers, I think that, you know, he's he had that gunslinger style, right? So it's like you're going to make a lot of mistakes and they're going to cost you. But, you know, you're going to make your mistakes big. You're going to have a lot of rewards when it comes to it, too. Uh, he played like exactly like Brett Favre, where I think Tony Romo is probably a better example with Matt Ryan. Tony Romo had a chip on his shoulder just like Matt Ryan did. And, and yeah, we're not going to see Matt Ryan win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think that he had the Super Bowl in his hands two years ago, and they ended up losing it. And it's two seasons ago, sorry. And it just sucks because he comes into the league as Matty Ice because he tells uh, Roddy White to run a fucking go and you better fucking be there in his first, in his first throw of practice in the NFL. And people start calling him Matty Ice, and Matty Ice has made one Super Bowl, and he's lost it. And it's, it just sucks because he has such a big body of work that him, we're not going to see him win. And it's just, it's, it's unfortunate, really. It's Atlanta. It's classic Atlanta sports. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like, That's look true. at the, yeah, look at the Braves. I mean, how many times, how many division championships did they win? They should have won a lot more World Series than they did. I used to hate the Braves. Yeah, like as, a, as Chipper Jones, player? fuck you. Yeah, seriously. Chipper, yeah. it's a garbage name. Yeah, like, like, why don't you go like ride a tractor or something? You know, why are you playing baseball? Why, Chipper Jones is more of a golf name than anything else. No. Yeah, or uh, or someone like who's like eight hundred pounds because he loves chips. Yeah, it's like his nickname is Chipper, but this yeah. guy's like smashing parents named him Chipper. Yeah, it's the bad parenting. Bad parenting. Like that's maybe maybe in fact. Uh, we shouldn't even hate the Braves. We should just hate Chipper Jones' parents. Yeah, that's a good point too. I like that's, that. I feel like that's the best point we've ever made on the show. Yeah. Um, the uh, we we oh, we oh, now know the the Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers game this week will be postponed as Titans players tested positive. But staying with last week, um, so I was as hyped as everyone else was for uh, Chiefs uh, and Ravens. Got some. I had some premium bud ready, got ready, got into headspace for that game, watched the game, and I was kind of disappointed. It wasn't that. It wasn't a fun game. I'm gonna say it. It wasn't a fun game. There was a couple of ridiculous throws by Mahomes, but in general, the game kind of was one of these very 
plotting ball control kind of games, and it just wasn't exciting. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of Monday Night Football because I was watching hockey like a man, you know? Mm-hmm. That's and, fair. Yeah. Um, it, are the Ravens the real deal? And when I was watching that game, I, I tweeted, I said, Ravens are pretenders. Trolling a bit. Trolling Alex the intern because, you know. Uh, obviously, as, as we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do believe to some extent that they're not the Super Bowl contenders that we think. And I had them in Seattle in the final, at the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. I'm not taking them away from the Super Bowl for my, my, my prediction. But after seeing that, it's like it's almost as if it's like they're, um, they're the Colts. And the Chiefs have become the Patriots of like the early 2000s, where the Colts couldn't figure it out. They can never beat the Patriots, or even the Jets. They can never beat the Patriots, no matter and what. That's like so. So this is like the most sports radio topic of all time. Are they for real? Because like you could, I mean, there's, there's so many teams you could have been asking that about for 20 years. Uh, yeah. But the thing, the thing that always happens with this kind of debate there is you move the yardstick, right? Like so. First, Lamar, Lamar Jackson couldn't throw. Right then, he comes back last season. Oh my God, he can throw! But wait, wait, he still can't win in the playoffs. Then when he wins in the playoffs, well, you know, he hasn't never beat the Chiefs. Never beat the Chiefs. And then yeah, then he's gonna beat the Chiefs. And then like he beats, let's say he beats the Chiefs, and let's say he goes to the Super Bowl, and they don't win. Well, he never won the Super Bowl. Like so, then when he wins one, is it gonna be like, well, you only won one? Yeah, you you move the yardstick. Yeah. If you remember, Peyton Manning was the guy who couldn't win the Super Bowl, and like when you look back at his career, it's nonsense because how do you look at that and not say that's one of the most excellent players ever to play that position, you know? And nobody's going to remember that his second Super Bowl win, he threw it was garbage. one interception and like 45 yards or whatever it was. And he, he threw the ball directly <laughs> at Von Miller. Like Von like, Miller was surprised by how open he was. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm not hating on the Ravens. I just think that I think people need to slow down on how good they think they are. They'll be in the mix in the playoffs. There's no doubt they're going to be there. They're going to win their division. They're a great team. I'm just not. I'm not sold on them as everybody else is. I think. Yeah, but like so, and, and they, of course they want to do the you know the thing that happens too all the time, and it's true. But it's it's kind of an overblown argument as well as well. Lamar Jackson, he's still younger than Joe Burrow, and younger than like the you know the kid from Home Alone when he was <laughs> in those movies. Um, you know, and at his he, age, he's done more than Joe Burrow has, or whatever it is. You know. It's just like, so, again, like, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't choose when he got drafted. I mean, I guess he did. He chose to leave school. But just to say, like, you know, he is the age he is, and, and he's not a finished product. And I, I I remember I loved him at the draft. I wanted the Dolphins to draft him. I thought he was the best athlete in the draft, period. And to me, it's like, well, I know he's not a finished product, but if you're a coach being paid millions of dollars, you know, why do you need to draft blue chip, blue chip stock? Why can't you go out and take someone special and take them to the next level? And that's, you know, I've been super appreciative of what Harbaugh has done since yeah. drafting him. But to me, the most amazing thing is the fact that he's already here. He, like the fact that him and Pat Mahomes have already gone to this level and look at, look at what they play. They play with Andy Reid and, and John Harbaugh, the, the two coaches who best know how to manage talent, who best work with their talent and, and don't come in with his hard ass Adam Gase type approach. Adam Gase type approach is like it's like it's like taking a shit and then shower showering and then taking a shit. But then like you look at your better pieces of shit and you tell yeah. them you better get out of the bowl. Yeah, exactly. Better, better get out of the bowl because you ain't swimming. Yeah. So yeah. you want yeah, you just want to make sure that you keep all the good shit in the bowl and the rest of the shit is out. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's what Adam Gase's offense is like. Just Absolutely. just for clarity purposes, how big um, is this bowl? Uh, um, it's actually a, it's called a Super Bowl. I don't know if you've yeah. heard the term. Yeah. It's the biggest toilet ever. It's, yeah, the, it's the, biggest the biggest toilet of the mall. Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, you can fit a lot of dumps in there. You can fit a lot of pieces of shit in there. And, you know, and one of them – and one of the biggest pieces of shit in there is Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah that's true. Actually, that's that's, <laughs> that's really true. Um Confusing eyes from my our audience today. <laughs> to the audience, it is crazy how quickly you get distracted at all times. Yeah, it's weird. Eh? I mean, Every time Mokan walks into the studio, you start having an off-air conversation with him while you're on air. That's because I love Mokan. I understand, but you could just yeah. talk to him after the show. But or I, why? Mike, right, put a mic in his face. Or he's right there right now. Why not just talk to him now? Because we're doing a show. Yeah, and yeah. people hear half of the conversation. It's so listening back to the shows. It's so disorienting because I no longer remember what Mo was saying. So I listen back and I'm like, I don't. You even can know hear him. I heard. I listened to the lot with the show. He was there. You can hear him. Yeah, this this time you could. The first the first time that happened, you couldn't hear him. Um, yeah. So. Um, Terry, you've been wrong every step of the way when it comes to Lakers. I don't know why you don't want them to win. No, it's not it's that just I want a favorite thing. Yeah, it's just I don't like I don't I hate picking the favorites. Yeah. I hate I hate being I hate jumping on everybody's bandwagon. And I like disagreeing with Alex the intern who's a Lakers fan. So <laughs> that's also true. That he makes me want the Lakers to lose. Even though like yeah. I've always said like I'm not uh, the I basketball is my favorite sport, but I don't have a favorite team. I love the sport so much. And I can't have a favorite team for that reason. I just want excellence. I want to see the best basketball at all times. So I like so, him. He makes it hard for us to want to see the best basketball. Exactly. I don't like. I, I understand the Lakers are a better team, yeah. and I don't want them to be the better team because Alex the intern is a Lakers fan. Yeah. So Alex the intern can suck my chode. Um, Good point. I, yeah. I mean, to quote Marco Briette, 2019 guest of the year, yeah. suck a fat one, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to see LeBron didn't like that as much as we thought he would. Yeah, yeah, I, I laughed. I thought that was the funniest was thing we've ever done. It was great. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I think he liked it. I just didn't. I think he thought he was. He he thought he was gonna get like a warming message from Marco. <laughs> you know? But he doesn't know us. Like you know that that's what I'm gonna but that do. Is right? a warm yeah, yeah. Message though. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty warm. I'd say from Marco's standards, that's warm. Yeah. You he acknowledged tells- the existence of another person. Yeah, you should hear what he tells me. It's unbelievable. Um, but I want to, I want to see LeBron win just to, you know, just to add to his record. I don't want to. Oh, he lost to the Heat or shit. They had nobody. Uh, so that's why Jordan's better. All, all that shit. You know what I mean? But I also don't want to see the Lakers win because Alex the intern is the Lakers. So, so um, the they've been playing a lot of their two three zone, which is you know, if you read my article on HotSportsCA, there's actually even a video that explains why it's so effective and why the heat the heat are able to to to, uh, to carry it out so well and relate to their length and their athleticism their ability to flash and return and a whole bunch of things that they do um, to make that zone super effective but it does have its weaknesses and I thought from a, from the beginning that the weakness was going to be that LeBron is a great high post player and they're gonna have cutters coming on this on from the baseline and that's exactly what they did in game one. They attacked the baseline. They had LeBron work from the top of the post. And, it, like, you know, I love Eric Spolstra. He's my favorite coach in the NBA. I was so surprised that he didn't expect that from the Lakers. Um, you're throwing basketball terminology at me, so... Okay, so you know where the three-point line is? There's a yeah. circle inside of that, right? There is? 
There's a circle on top of the trapezoid. It looks like a fucked up ice cream cone. Oh, the key. Yeah, the key. You know what the circle is on top of the key? Okay. The line that's the, pie. Po- that's, that's the high post. That's the high post. Okay, no, I understand right, that. Right, right, like, right around the foul line. So okay, basically yeah. the hole in their zone is there. And so basically if, if, you, if you position someone there or someone drives into the area, yeah. someone like Bam needs to break the zone to cover, to come cover and come uh, compensate, right? Because okay, that's the okay. hole where the zone is. Then what happens is if someone comes from the baseline, the baseline, Terry, uh, it adds to the guitar part of a song and often okay. sounds like doop, 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 doop. <laughs> I know it what the also is the end line of the basketball court. I know what the that's where the players are coming from. So it was more of the high post. I, goes, I'm running football routes here. Exactly. So LeBron, LeBron or AD attacks that area. They're both excellent ball handlers. They're both excellent passers. And then they get cutters coming in. So Le- LeBron will get AD coming in. He'll drive or he'll drive to the hole if Bam doesn't cover. Um, he'll, um, you know, AD will do the same. They'll dish up for for an open three because if Bam doesn't cover, then you're going to get someone from the outside coming in, and then they're going to leave the corner threes open. Uh, we talked about uh, efficiency and and how in the shooting in the bubble, how great it's been. Part of it's been that you get clear looks at the basket, and if you leave someone wide open, even someone who's a mediocre shooter can shoot much better in this environment. And that, a lot of basketball that, stuff. Do something else, Terry. <laughs> do something else. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a basketball kid, right? So like, that's my thing. It's it's you. Your X's and O's in basketball. They throw me for a fucking loop sometimes. So I try to listen, but then I'm like, did he just say this? But it sounded like penis. But he was saying something else. I know he was. And then I started thinking that. That I tried to put it. I tried to put it in your terms. So I try to compare it to penises as much yeah. as possible. So the, you know the phallic thing at the top of the key. That's the high post. That's what you should have said. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah. so LeBron sits on the head of the cock. <laughs> that's the weakness in the zone. There we go. So there that's we go. the thing. Is and, uh, that's another thing too. Is that are the Heat going to be able to to provide enough offense to be able to counter the Lakers? And I don't think they will. Even though I do pick, I did pick them in seven. We'll see. Yeah, the um, the problem is is like Giannis is a great player, um, and uh, especially at the age that he is at, his development's been awesome. Um, the Pacers had nothing. They were just broken down. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then and then last round, um, you know, going up against the Celtics, Jason Tatum is a fantastic player, but the secondary store scoring wasn't great, and they they just played in a way that allowed Miami to to defend them well using the zone, which is what they wanted to do. Uh, but this is a whole other thing. Like you now have uh, two of the what the top five, top seven, whatever. Two of the top players in the NBA yeah. are on the same team, and your best player, whether it's Bam, whether it's Jimmy Butler, he's going to be the—he would be at best the third best player on that team. It's true, and the, 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 we talked about it with what well, we're going to talk about it with Carlin. Is wink, that, wink, is that you know in basketball you have one guy that can change your franchise, and in this case they have two guys that can change your franchise. You know what I mean? So I don't see. I just can't see the Lakers falling in this one now. After after last night's game, it's too hard for me to see them drop four games. Yeah. Um, Tampa wins the uh, Stanley Cup, Terry. So the Stanley Cup is back in Florida, which means uh, there's, there's an equal chance that it'll end up in uh, every tanning salon and strip club. And well, it's may get fucked by a gator. It's in Tampa Bay. Okay. It's not, it's not in Miami. No, but still, Tampa's not better. It's also but Florida. But Florida allowed the bars to open, and we saw Montreal native Alex Killorn at the rally. They had the parade today. 
and he was wearing his Tampa Bay D-Rays jersey, and he's hammered, and he's like, I just want to thank the governor of Florida for opening the bars for the boys, and now they're all going to get hammered. And I think they were sh- there's people, fans, drinking out of the cup. Everybody was sharing the oh same liquid. Oh, my God. That's gross at any time. At any time. <laughs> Add COVID on top of that. Jesus, you're just drinking disease, man. Like, come on. What's oh next? God. Couple lupus? Yeah, yeah. I want a championship uh, once. Everybody was putting Gatorade inside the thing. I'm like, I'm not touching that shit. I'm yeah, yeah, not yeah. even close to touching that. Never, 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 never. It's uh, it's the best way to get uh, to get herpes. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And that's without without a global pandemic happening. It's the best way to get herpes. Uh, the opposite of herpes, of course, being that Hedman gets the Conn Smythe. Um, I'm I'm happy for the dude. Like he's, he's so fucking good. He's so fucking good, man. This guy is huge. He's six foot six, skates like the wind. He's got a clapper of a shot. He's probably got a fucking eight inch rope on him in between his legs. He's a fucking monster, man. The guy yeah. is a modern day mix of Chara and Lidstrom. I'm not even lying. His skill set is something that I've never seen before. You could have given it the consmite to either him. You could have given it to Braden Point. You could have even given it to Kucherov. But I think giving it to Hedman is the right call. The guy was, he shut down every top line. He, the stars couldn't do anything. Seguin was banged up. He had a laundry list of, of injuries. So that's why he didn't play as well. But he still shut down their other guys. And it was... It was just impressive to watch Hedman, Vasilevsky, and I'm happy for Steven Samkos finally getting his name on a cup. I mean, I think he's he's been in that organization since the beginning of his career, first overall pick, and he's just he's the captain, man. They rallied around him, and it was it was nice to see him lift the Stanley Cup. It was nice to see him play one game in the finals and scoring a goal, even though he was injured. That's a hockey yeah. thing right there. Like that, you don't get that in any of the sports where guys will be like, okay, I just want to play one game just to contribute. Just sheer recklessness. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and he sc- well, comes in, scores, dude, plays a like, one period. In other sports, you run in yeah. shoes. Here, they glide on swords. So nice. So, yeah. So my uncle was trying to explain what soccer was to our family members in Greece, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, yeah." So you put knives at the bottom of your shoes, and you and you and you glide on ice, and they're like, "That doesn't exist." That's stupid. <laughs> like, it just doesn't exist. Why would anybody do this? Why would people? Why would humans do that? Why would you put knives at the bottom of your feet? I, I am happy for Stamkos because he he kind of you know he exists in the same space as Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, and doesn't often get. The credit for his excellence, top and I was talking. Top ten player of year. I was talking to uh, one of our contributors, uh, Christian Johnson Galvez, who's done a lot of our hockey coverage in the past, um, and he told me um, that before the series started, he's like, "I kind of want Tampa to win, just because, you know, when they were building that team, there there was a lot of doubters saying it doesn't work, the super teams don't work in the NHL, and." Um, it's proof that it can, and it's proof that this this is a method that can get you results, and uh, we, so, we saw that this year. John Cooper, also head coach of the Lightning, I mean, that guy didn't even want to become a coach. Uh, mm-hmm. His story is pretty interesting. He just he coached his son team because they were missing a coach when he was, like, a kid, and then he they had success, and then he got another job and another job and another job. He was actually a lawyer. He was a public defender, and he started doing this part-time, and then he ended up moving up, 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 and then he fucking wins the Stanley Cup. It just goes to show what kind of a guy he is. Also, at his press conference at post-game, Eagle, if you can get the picture up for everybody, for the, for the viewers, is John Cooper didn't want to do the interview alone, the press conference alone. He had his entire coaching staff and and and, uh, and personal training staff with him on the dais. And there was, 
it just it just shows the type of guy that John Cooper is, you know. And you know, a lot of guys he he's he's known to be a little bit of a hard ass, uh, but I think the guys really liked him. He got along great with Pat Maroon, who was a free agent who won the Stanley Cup last year with St. Louis, signed for a million bucks to the Lightning, wins the Stanley Cup again. Um, it's great, man. I, I'm happy for the Lightning. Again, the thing about Stamkos is that he, I was worried that he was going to be one of those guys like a Joe Thornton that just could never win. Uh, I'm happy he won. On the other side, a more, on, a, on, a, on a lesser note, is Joe Pavelski on the other side. Coming up short again, uh, he signed, He leaves the Sharks last year, signs with the Stars, makes it to the finals, loses it in six. It's tough, man, because that guy, too, he's another fucking legend. He's a beauty that knows how to play hockey, and he's, he's one of the best guys on the ice at any time. And, you know, it's there's so many guys in all sports that just don't win championships. We can talk about the greatest. To me, Dan Marino is top three quarterback of all time. Never won a championship. Charles Barkley never won a championship. We can talk about these guys forever. And it, it, their, their, their lack of ring shouldn't take away from their body of work. Uh, I think you, you say this often where championships should never define you. Uh, if you well, make because a, it's a team game. accomplishment, exactly, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's not a singular person like Dan Reno. It's not his fault that the Dolphins never put a defense together. Yeah. Right? But he was, when he was there. So, but Alex, the intern said, and that's still being true 35 years later or whenever it is. Yeah. Yeah, Alex exactly. Intern said something that was probably, I don't want to say dumb, but it was pretty weird comment. He said, if I'm Stamkos, I don't want my name on the Stanley cup. Oh first God. of all, uh, first of all, <laughs> first of all, he's not some fourth liner. He's the captain of the team. He's literally built that team. He's been there since day one. He was the, with them when they were shit. So if anybody gets their name, he's the first person to put their name on the fucking Stanley Cup. I don't give a shit. And, I'm, and, I, and I know, I understand the whole competitive nature of it. It's like, I didn't play, so I, sh I don't deserve it. There's nobody that deserves that Stanley well, Cup more than he also played the regular season to get them into playoffs, right? Oh, so no, he was, like... he was injured a lot. And so the rule is it's you have still... to play... 41 games, which is 50% of the season, and or one game in the Stanley Cup final, not the playoffs. So he played one game in the Stanley Cup final, so he's automatically getting his name on the, on the cup. But either way, there's exemption lists. He, they would have put his name on the cup regardless. But to yeah. say that you say that you, I wouldn't ask for it to be on the name, it's it's nonsense. That's that's um, Eagle. What I need you to do is uh, you need to book me a first class flight to uh, L.A. Yeah, it's gotta be first class because I gotta get completely hammered so that I can show up at Alex Intern's house and just vomit on him because that's a vomit <laughs> take, straight up vomit take. Um, and it's all gonna be the alcohol infusing your stomach, right? So it's gonna be yeah, pure yeah, hundred percent, just yeah, straight up. Like you know, like you know that that booze puke that just it smells like stomach acid. Oh yeah, I know and, the one. And like what it would smell like if you just shat batteries. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it would be like. That that's the, the vomit. Um, Terry, up next, we're going to talk to uh, to Carlin Gay. He's one of our favorite guests. Uh, he's been a voice on uh, NBA sound system. Uh, he's big wig at the zone, and he uh, is a play-by-play -play commentator for FIBA. Uh, the guy's credentials are longer than anyone uh, on our show, so it's always a pleasure to have him on because he's just a great voice. We'll talk to him about the NBA Finals coming up next. This show is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town and La Salle's barbecue sauce. Peace. Just like Rubbercraft, I can't resist a good rubdown, and Mike's Barbecue Sauce is the best rubdown in town. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off, and don't forget to rub your meat peas. And we're back because clearly we recorded something ahead of this, and we've done this all in sequence, and uh, we aren't lying to anybody at all. Um, we're joined by 
Uh, Carlin, Gay, Carlin, how's it going, man? Can't complain, guys. It's been a long time, um, but I'm happy to be here. Was Carlin yeah, our just... first guest? He might have been, actually. He might I, actually have been our first guest. I think yeah. Carlin was our first guest. If it wasn't him, it was Shaq, Shaq Finn. Yeah, well, he was, wow. he was one of the first three shows for sure. Yeah, top three, top three. Yeah. Well, well I pre- I, that, that means I'm a pioneer, and I appreciate the, uh, you know, the opportunity to blaze the trail. I'm glad that you got a way to uh, got rid of your dead weight for the uh, for the show. I could speak with Vice absent, Mister uh, Mokan, no longer no longer on board. But that's yeah, fine. he he makes some appearances here and there. But you know, we kind of keep him at a keep him at a very safe distance. We let him tweet about his nonsense. <laughs> I I, uh, I saw this tweet that he put out earlier uh, today. Uh, Carlin, Mokan tweeted, um, good question, and then he asked whatever question it was. So I, I was very impressed that he, he complimented his question before asking it to the Twitterverse. <laughs> I was very, very impressed. Great question. Um, one Carlin of the, Gay, Carlin Gay is one of the most egotistical guys you'll ever meet, man. One All of the right. most egotistical guys you'll ever meet. He, he's, it, it surprises me that he hasn't had to have surgery to replace his shoulder for as much as he pats himself on the back. It, it's really ridiculous. <laughs> It's either surgery for that shoulder or uh, to reduce the size of his head. Uh, Carlin Gay <laughs> is Director of Partnerships and Multimedia for NBA Global Systems at The Zone. Uh, he's a FIBA play-by-play commentator and voice on NBA Sound Systems. So, obviously, with the NBA Finals having just kicked off, and uh, as much as Terry keeps choosing, a, picking against the Lakers, yeah. the Lakers have taken a one nothing league, and we thought it'd be a great time to have you back on the show, Carlin. We had a bit of a lull because... Uh, first, there was no sports, and then there's been nonstop sports, but now we got the NBA Finals. It is here. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, well, first of all, having the NBA Finals in the middle of October or, or the champion being crowned in October when normally we would get preseason basketball around now or teams would be flying around the world. You know, last year around this time, the Raptors were in China. They, they had the India Games for the first time ever around this time last year. I think the anniversary is coming up this week of that where the Pacers and Kings squared off in India. Um, you know, it, it, it was crazy to see, um, you know, that the, the, the league is happening now with all four sports. If you're a sports fan, you're, you're probably even overwhelmed. Like, I, I wanted to watch the Blue Jays baseball playoff game, and they were out of the, game, the, uh, the series before I could even turn on a game. I, I totally forgot they were playing, and they're out the playoffs completely. So there's a lot going on, but as for, for NBA fans, it's great. Even though it, it's a weird time that the finals are happening now, it's still the finals, and it's still something for you to be excited about. I think basketball fans across the globe are, are really rejoicing. So, I mean, Pete said this a few weeks ago, and uh, I mean, I, I agree to the sentiment, is that you're kind of seeing the most pure, uh, with when the NHL and basketball, you're seeing the most pure uh, game out of for both of them, especially in basketball. I find there's no crowd noise, there's no interruptions, it's just them playing and they're you can tell that they're all they all want to get out of the bubble but they want to get out of the bubble with with some hardware and and, and it's been, it's been very fun to watch i will say and as a, even as a pacers fan i will say the nba playoffs have been very fun to watch and i do enjoy picking against the lakers and losing money Absolutely. <laughs> yeah well i did win yesterday because i picked that the heat would be in the lead after the first quarter so i won some money there yeah um That's well which, but i also which, picked them for uh, the game lost money there too so <laughs> That's, I, I, we actually put an article, Carlin, on our website talking about the efficiency and the clear sight lines um, and how the, the scoring efficiency has gone up. And just now by having to pick up shooters from so far away, it actually opens up all aspects of the game. And what we're watching is, in my opinion, some of the most beautiful basketball I've ever seen. Uh, what have been your thoughts about watching the game in the bubble? 
I, I agree with you in terms of the purity of the game. Like you, 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 you remove everything that has made the NBA popular in a sense, in terms of, you know, celebrities sitting courtside and, um, you know, atmospheres and great arenas and, um, you know, stuff that we all love about sports. Um, but if you're a true sports fan, you fell in love with sports, you know, growing up playing in your backyard, whether it's just one-on-one -on -one pretending to be MJ, there's no crowd there. There's no music being played. Um, you know, there's no celebrities walking around in your backyard, you know, cheering you on. So now you have the same sort of, you know, throwback feel as to when you were a kid where it's just purely about the game. You have to hear all the chatter, minus all the bleeps that's been happening when, you know, guys do cuss. But the, the pure, you know, bred basketball is being played on the floor. And, and I think, you know, the guys are thriving. In it. There's really no distractions for them. It's basketball 24-7. Um, and, and we are reaping the benefits, as, as what you said. You know, a, a lot of guys have stepped up big time in the bubble. Um, and you hope that that continues on and kind of powers them to the next level of next season. And when crowds get back into position, you, you, maybe we might see better basketball than we had, you know, two years ago. Um, but it's not, that's not to say that the game has been in a bad place. That's just to say that the game continues to evolve. And, you know, if you told me we would be here uh, watching this style of basketball with the three-point shooting, the efficiency in the 90s when it was just a bunch of big men that really were trying to pound things in the paint, plus Michael Jordan, I would be shocked. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a good progression, and, and the way we've been evolving is amazing, and it, it doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon. Um, I mean, I've, it's the thing about basketball is that, I, I, well, we, we can talk about Silver. I mean, he's been great in growing the sport. I mentioned hockey before, Batman, the same thing, and I think that they, everybody was saying cancel the sport, cancel, cancel the season, cancel the season. I think that regardless if you're losing money, you needed to keep it going, morales and all that stuff. But I do appreciate the fact that right now we're seeing, like like we've mentioned before, the purest state of basketball. Now, my question to you is, is there anybody out there? Well, let's say we'll talk about the two teams left. Anybody out there that's benefiting from the no fans, any specific player that's benefiting from the no fans and the no talking and maybe just being able to cuss out there? I'm thinking of a guy like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's playing out of his mind right now. And I think that the fact that he can just be there with no crowd noise, just him talking shit to the other team is unbelievable to me. Yeah, he he's been good in the bubble. Um, he really has, and and I think he, it, it, I think it's less about the fact that there's no fans and more about the fact that he realizes he has a good team and he's trying to seize the opportunities that he did not uh, capitalize on the last couple of trips. Um, I mean, you know, this is a guy that was in Chicago who, when he got there, they had just gone back to relevance from Michael, the Michael Jordan years. Like you remember, like Derrick Rose got them back there, and then he dealt with injuries, and that's when Jimmy Butler sort of shows up and. He sort of kind of grinds his way to being an NBA all-star, the Jimmy Butler that we know and love. And before you know it, Tom Thibodeau gets fired and uh, he's off. And, and everything that Jimmy Butler knew in that situation was completely gone. He was going back to, you know, as he's getting ready to become a guy that's trying to chase a ring and find himself a, a, in this league and create a legacy, the team wasn't ready for that. Uh, you, you know, he, he goes to Minnesota to try and reunite with Tom Thibodeau, and that's a good move for him. Then he, and he has two great stars, young stars, and Anthony, and, uh, Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns, and, and you're talking about Andrew Wiggins, fellow Canadian. But they weren't ready to win there. Um, and he moves to, you know, the Sixers. And, again, same situation. Two great young stars, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. They're building this championship core. They're not ready to win. And now he finds himself in Miami. And Miami wasn't picked at the beginning of the year by many people to be in this spot right here. Uh, but their mentality was always win. 
Their mentality is always win a championship. That's what they strive for. I, I know all 30 teams are going to tell you that, but not all 30 teams are willing to take the steps to make that happen. And Miami is one of those teams. And, and it's the first time in a long time. Four teams in four years, it could go south. But it's the first time in a long time that Jimmy Butler, I think, is on the same page with the organization. And he realizes right now that he has an opportunity to add some jewelry to his finger. And, guys, in sports, doesn't matter what league it is, winning is hard. I think we start to take it for granted because we see greatness on a daily basis from different athletes in different leagues. You talk about LeBron James going to 10 finals. And we kind of take that for granted and think to ourselves, like, they should, that should happen. You know, the Warriors just went to the finals for five straight appearances, and we kind of get bored with it as fans. But the reality is winning isn't hard. Like, it's hard to not just get to the finals, but it's also hard to win the finals. And a guy like Jimmy Butler is seizing that opportunity, whether there was going to be a 20,000 crowd, you know, 20,000 people in the crowd yelling, screaming, or it's just, uh, you know, Fred Beverly's daughter waving. He's going to, he's going to come out on the floor and dominate. Um, a lot of cute little babies there, but he, he's there to, to, to win championships. So I don't think he would have cared what where he would have played. So, Carlin, um, you mentioned, you know, about how winning is hard. And one of the things that came up when I was researching my article was that I just hadn't realized this, that the Heat have taken um, three different cores in 15 years to the finals that combined six times now. So, hmm. like... That to me is absolutely impressive. Do, do have you ever seen a precedent like this? In let's, let's start with basketball, but any sport really to to be able to rebuild completely, on a, you know, three times within a decade and a half and make it to the finals with such regularity. I think the closest thing we've probably seen to that might be stuff that the Yankees have been able to do with uh, you know winning in the '90s and then rebuilding. But they're in a non-cap sport, yeah. So it's kind of a little bit unfair. Um, the Patriots, obviously, in the NFL, but they had the one guy that stuck there and the coach that, that has been there for years and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They were able to win in different ways and had different players come through that system and still have some success. And I know in hockey early on, uh, you, you think about you know the Red Wings, even though they didn't win at a high level each and every single time, they rebuilt pretty quickly and had things turn around. You know, they, they had the Larionovs and those guys, and then they removed on to the Zatsuks and, and those guys and, and were able to have success in that window. Didn't turn out to be successful championship-wise, but they had a lot of success uh, in, in, in those kind of eras. So when you talk about the NBA, it, it, like I said, it's hard to win. Um, but in the NBA, you can flip this switch a little easier in a sense that one player really can change the dynamic of your entire franchise. And but it's it, it's different in Miami in the sense that they've been able to do that, so to speak, three different times. Now, this time being in the finals where they had D-Wade to start with. He got the ring done. Uh, they had LeBron James, D-Wade and Chris Bosh. They were able to win there. And now they have Jimmy Butler with an opportunity to see if they can add to that legacy. I think the one thing that sticks out to me the most about all of what Miami is doing and, you know, Pat Riley's going to get a lot of credit for, for building that and, and the heat culture. But I think Eric Spolstra kind of gets left out of, that, out of that mix a little bit. And when you're talking about head coaches in the league, he's the second longest tenured head coach in the league behind Greg Popovich. He's, he's been around the organization for now 25 years. And if you watch the finals throughout, they're going to talk about how he worked his way up from the video coordinator room. And like, we all know that story, right? Yeah. But I think what gets lost in sauce here is this dude has, in nine years, uh, or sorry, 12 years as the as the Heat head coach. He's taken them to the playoffs in 10 of those years. 
um, or nine of those years. And he's only had a losing season twice in those 12 years. And in those nine playoff runs, he's been to the finals now five times. That's over 50% that you're getting to the finals with a team, doesn't matter who it is. I don't care if you had LeBron James on your team or not. That's pretty impressive to do that, uh, you know, in that small window of time because, I mean, I'm always going to say it. Winning is hard, and we should never take that for granted. And I think, you know, everybody makes a lot about how Andre Iguodala is now in his, you know, six straight finals appearance and LeBron's in his 10th out of nine, or nine out of the last 10 years. But no one said anything about Eric Spolstra getting there to his fifth uh, NBA Finals and also doing it five times in the last nine, you know, in his, in his nine playoff runs. Um, that's pretty impressive in my opinion, and I think he deserves a lot more credit. When you have a good coach in the NBA, you can build a system that players can fit to and you can have some success. Once you get a superstar, which he does have now in Jimmy Butler and, and, and to a lesser extent, Bam out of bio, that's what takes you to the championship level. And uh, he, he really, truly deserves a lot more credit than what he's getting. So, I mean, we, I mean, I think it's obvious that LeBron and AD are the two best players, but the next best five players are most likely they're all the Heat players. I mean, you talk about maybe not necessarily talent-wise. I mean, there's a, b- a bunch of guys on, on the Lakers that are maybe more talented than some of the players on the Heat. But I think that's supposed to brings that uh, that environment where it's everybody's going to play properly. You know, they're going to do everything the right way. And and regardless, I mean, Pease and I talk about this all the time. We were huge. We're, high, we're extremely high on Spolstra. We've always been. And the reason is, is that, yeah, the story of him being a film guy, for sure, everybody knows that. But the fact that even if you had LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, you still have to coach these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're coaching. That's not easy to do. Yeah, you're coaching superstars. And I think that uh, LeBron James is a very smart guy. and He's a coach on the court for in another way. But uh, I think every coach can benefit from having a guy like that for sure. But you still have to manage these guys and, and have them buy into a system and kind of forget about maybe something that they're – uh, that they want to do. And I think Sapolstra, he doesn't get the respect he deserves as one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah. Well, like, and one of the things too, to, to your point, Carlton, they talk about the, uh, they talk about the film room, but this is a guy who Pat Riley stepped down from the coaching position to promote over himself. And for a guy right. with the ego of Pat Riley to be able to do that, there must be something special about this coach. And we've seen that to your point. Yeah. And, and you, and you think about uh, when I think about, um, you know, the biggest compliment I could pay to Spostra is, is, you know, look at LeBron James, all right? He's been now on his third team. And you look at the coaches he's had in his NBA career. Every time he's left a situation, um, the coach hasn't gotten a head coaching job since. Mike Brown, you know, he had him as a head coach. He's, he's fired. He's never gotten a head coaching job since. Uh, David Blatt, that was obviously a disaster. He's, off, he's back in Europe. Um, Ty Lue, he got the, the, the three one in the finals. He was able to win the championship with Ty Lue. Ty Lue hasn't been a head coach since. Eric Spoelstra is the only one that's been able to stand the test of time without LeBron James, and that doesn't often happen in sports. So that to me shows you that he belongs in this league um, because you know when you coach a guy like LeBron or, or or a talent like LeBron, it's rare that your head coach gets any sort of credit, and you, we see it in all sports. It's not just the NBA, like. Bill Belichick, you know, there's always the argument whether or not he would be able to be successful without Brady or whether or not Brady would be able to be successful without him. We're finally going to be able to find the answer this year. Maybe it's a little too late to really and truly find that out, but we finally get some answer in a way. And in the NBA, it's no different. Phil Jackson was questioned about you know, whether or not he could win without Michael. Well, he goes to LA and proves that, and now he's in the upper echelon of one of the greatest coaches of all time. And that same thing happens with Pat Rowley. He leaves the Showtime Lakers, 
takes the Knicks to the finals and wins a championship with the Heat. And now he's elevated to all-time greatness. So I, I think Eric Spolstra has an opportunity. And it's one of the storylines I would love to see in this finals is, is truly, you know, if he was able to win this series, now you no longer talk about Everyone knows he's a good coach, but now you put him in the conversation of being a great coach because he's proven that he can do it with multiple different teams, different styles of basketball, and he doesn't have a true superstar on his team. Uh, you know, he has all-stars, but no true number one player in the league. So as a, as a Pacers fan and as a, a Greek person, I have to ask you two questions. One... <laughs> One is Oladipo is going to be gone out of Indiana. I think it's obvious. Where would he land? I mean, everybody's talking about the Lakers. Is that a possibility, or can the Pacers keep Oladipo? And or if not, where is he going to land? Well, why why would you why would you want to get rid of him? What 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 is the what's the rush to get rid of Victor Oladipo? You can't well, say that asking. this year is the reason. But that, I mean, he can ask all he wants. He's still in their contract, yeah. right? Like you can't say that this year is the year. Um, that proved to you that he he can't play basketball because we didn't even see him play. Like the the dude was coming off a major injury that very few people come back from. You have to allow him time. And it, you know it it was a weird situation where he said before the bubble that he wasn't going to play because he wasn't ready. And then all of a sudden, like a week before, found that who knows what happened. I think it was money related, but who knows truly what happened? Uh, and then he starts playing again, and he obviously clearly wasn't ready. He wasn't the Victor Oladipo we know and love. Let's not forget in the 2017 playoffs. This dude almost beat LeBron James in the first round. He, oh, look, he looked as, as one of the 12 best players in the NBA at that time. So I'm still going to view Victor Oladipo as a guy that can get back there. We need to know that his, his body will be willing to enable to kind of stand up to that. So I'm not, if I'm the Pacers organization, I'm not rushing to get rid of Victor Oladipo. I'm worried about getting a coach that's going to connect with him on the level uh, that Nate McMillan figured out a way to kind of connect with him. And probably a coach that can uh, could, could get more playoff success than Nate McMillan because he hasn't been great at uh, in the postseason. Well, over. I don't know why I don't know why they got rid of Vogel when they had him. I mean, I, I thought he was doing great, and then he just they ended up just getting rid of him. I mean, I don't know what the reason is. I think they had made the playoffs that year too, and it was it was just weird that they got rid of him because he had so much success with the Pacers. He made them look great, you know, and especially Oladipo's first. Year. I mean. Um, the year before the year before he came, so I mean, I mean, I like I like Vogel as a coach. I mean, I think we're looking at all the success he's had. Uh, my second question is, so I mean, I, I would love Oladipo to stay. I don't want him to leave. I like him. I think he's a great player. I think he could be. A, he's a top twenty player in the league when he's one hundred percent. My second question is, is Giannis the Greek freak? Where is he going? Is he going to Toronto? Please no. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I'll answer it this way. First of all, I don't think Giannis leaves. Um, I think the Bucks organization will try to do everything they can to keep him and make him happy. Whether or not their moves actually, you know, turn that team into a championship situation, that remains to be seen. Um, you know, I, I'm very critical of their head coach, Mike Budenholzer. I think he's, uh, you know, a good coach, but lacks the ability to make those adjustments that need That's to be made from game to game in the playoffs. And we saw that twice now. Um, so it's on him to – it's not, not saying that it can't be done. It's on him to now grow in a game. We always ask our players, you know, to get better, add a three-point jump shot, add a, you know, add a, uh, you know, off-the-bounce move, do something with yourself. How about coaches figure out a way to add something yeah. to their repertoire? I think that's Mike Boonhoser uh, for him. In terms of whether or not I think Giannis should, should end up in Toronto or go to Toronto, I ask myself – this question more often than not is how would that look next to Pascal Siakam? We knew how it looked 
with Pascal next to Kawhi Leonard. They were two totally different players that did not do the same thing, and it worked out well. They won an NBA championship. I looked at the Bucks and how they lost in the playoffs, and I wondered, you know, if, if you added Pascal Siakam, the way, especially the way he played, um, you know, in the postseason and what teams were doing to stop him, it was similar to what they were doing to stop Giannis. So now you have two players where defenses are going to be able to have relatively the same game plan to stop. And those are your two best players. How do you build around that? Lowry's not getting any younger. Um, you know, Van Vliet, uh, he, I, I, he deserves the contract, whatever contract he gets, because he's earned it so far. But he's not a guy that's going to, you know, turn you from uh, a 50-win team to a 60-win team. He's a nice player. He's the piece to a championship. He's not the centerpiece. So I wonder what that looks like when you have Giannis and Siakam playing next to each other. I, I think that's too much of the same thing, and I don't know that that's a successful recipe to win a championship. Will you be a 61 team in the regular season? Cool. But you know what? It's about winning rings now. At, you know, at this point in Toronto's kind of building legacy. Once you win once, you get that taste. You want to do it over and over again. So winning the, the first seed in the Eastern Conference, that's not going to be good enough. So unfortunately, Carlin, you do need to be leaving us in a couple of minutes. You you informed us of the deadline, which sucks because your your basketball information is excellent. So we want to keep talking to you about hoops. And I wanted to touch on some social issues, uh, but you knew that ahead of time. So you just went long-winded on well, the give basketball. Me, give me one question. Give me one question ah, here. I get, I'll give I you the extra that, five. I don't want to do it this service. Five, but All right. We, so let's, let's, we do rapid fire on our show, so let's do rapid fire. I got two rapid fire questions for you, and then we'll call it, we'll call it an interview. First rapid fire is when you see uh, Jason Whitlock talk about how LeBron James is making him have to choose between basketball and the NBA, what does Carlin Gay think? <laughs> Sorry, between basketball and the USA. Uh, well, as a non-American, it's easy for me to say that's a non-choice because you can separate for the same people that, you know, shout out, keep sports out of politics. They can easily keep, you know, their their political views out of out of it, essentially. And I don't think I'm not a believer in, um, you know, social justice issues being a political issue. I think it's a, it's a humanity uh, issue first uh, before anything. So um, that's that's that would be my short answer to that in a, in a rapid fire. I, I don't I wouldn't see a, a dilemma there. Um, so the second rapid fire question, and this is the real serious topic. This is the, this is the big one. So Terry and I before the show, we were talking about something again very serious. We talked about uh, which movie were people the least likely to be getting laid during in a movie theater. <laughs> uh, we contended it was all of the Harry Potter movies. All of them. Um, what is your um, what's your guess for the movie for which people get laid the least in movie theaters? Yeah, uh, probably probably Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I don't, unless you're into, uh, you know, dinosaurs. Um, but that's I don't know. There's, a, there's a fetish <laughs> for everything, right? So yeah. That is true. That's true. Yeah. But I, speaking for me, Carlin Gay, I don't know if you can do it in Jurassic Park. That's, that's, you know, that's when you just yeah, enjoy yeah. popcorn. There's too much yeah, noise, too. You don't know what things are coming from. It's like, you're all oh. over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, like, you see a Tyrannosaurus Rex, you know he can't pleasure himself because the short arms, you know. <laughs> he lives a rough life. He lives a rough life. Uh, Carlin, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got to go. Uh, we're going to have you on again soon, you know, by the, either uh, before the end of the, uh, the the finals or right after, because I do want to get into a lot of this other serious stuff. But unfortunately, uh, technology and time is not on our side uh, this uh, this uh, this night. 
Well, I appreciate you guys having me. And yes, I, I make a promise to come back on and actually talk about the real issues. I mean, everyone can talk about sports, but let's, let's get into the real stuff. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Carla. Later. This show is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town and La Salle's barbecue sauce, please. Absolutely. They will get you satisfied in 12 seconds or less, just like Rick Pitino at that restaurant. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off. And please don't forget to rub your meat. And we're back. That was an awesome interview with Carlin Gay. That was totally in sequence. Um, <laughs> so we have run short on time because that conversation with Carlin was, it was excellent and we pushed it as far as we possibly could. But now it is time for Rapid Fire. All right, first one I have for you, Hump KO. Uh, Israel Adesanya humps Paulo Costa after second round knockout in the UFC. We have a video of it, actually, which is very rare for us. <laughs> this is, it's about a minute long, this video. So he's, he's going to knock him out right here. He's gonna, the ref's going to stop it. And then as soon as the ref stops it, you see Israel Adesanya just kind of get on his back and hump him. Watch, watch. And he's just going to kind of ride him a little bit. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of I, I love this and I hate this. I love this that because it's just going to add more animosity to it. It's going to make it better for the viewership and stuff. I hate it because it kind of takes away from the whole respect of martial arts thing. Uh, I don't I don't hate it that much. Honestly, I think it's great for the sport. People are going to be watching. It's funny. Uh, they, they talk shit to each other a bunch. You know what I mean? And um, I just, you know, yeah. like, I, I like it because it's pretty it's pretty accurate. Um, Paulo Costa as a. Um, as a like-minded Paulo, you know that we're both power bottoms, so it is yeah, what it exactly. is. Yeah, exactly. I'm a Paulo power bottom. Costa, way to represent. I'm a power bottom, especially to my girlfriend slash fiance over there. All right, next one. Uh, the uh, MLB playoffs have begun, so we're currently in wild card rounds. Uh, the Jays lost to the Rays. The Yankees beat Cleveland. I think Houston beat Minnesota. I think Oakland just beat Chicago. I'm trying to get updates on the scores as we go on yes. here. Uh, there's a few other games that are still going on at this point. So is it just a complete mess? Like, who do you guys have getting to the World Series in both sides here, in the American League and the National League? Oh, that's so, a tough one. So if if um, the thing that they say about baseball playoffs is actually true and not just jargon, then uh, <laughs> it is safe to say, as much as I hate to say it because Corey Kennedy of the Cubs is, is a friend of the show, um, the Marlins have an absolute star-studded uh, pitching staff, uh, and they developed very quickly. That, I can't even believe during the playoffs, but now they, they, they get to, to bring out their top three starters night after night. Um, so it could be them. That said, I can't see how anyone gets by the Dodgers. The Dodgers, for I mean, the Dodgers have this uh, have the, the the factor with Clayton Kershaw that he's a choker, but there's no fans now, so maybe Kershaw is gonna is gonna pick it up. I like the Indians, this but year. also the Astros were cheating. <laughs> he's that a too. choker because like he has the best he has the best off speed stuff in the world, and they didn't swing and miss on any of his off speed pitches. Yeah, but Come it's been years. It's been years yeah. that he's been choking. So I'm I don't know. You, to answer your question, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say. Indians Cubs, those are that's gonna be my team. My team's in the playoffs and the, the finals. Indians Cubs. Right. I think the Indians have a, a pitching staff that is beyond. That's also belief. true. And the, and they're the they're the AFC, they're the not AFC. They're the American League version of of the Marlins with with even better hitting. So they got they got a, just a six staff. 
All right, next on the list. No coach, no problem. Um, they There was an interview with Kyrie Irving who spoke on the coaching situation, and he says, I don't really see us having a, quote, head coach. Katie could be a head coach. I could be a head coach someday. And he adds on, Jacques Vaughn could be a head coach, and he can do it one day. It's a collaborative effort. So there is no coach. Everyone's a coach. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> Kyrie is a fucking dummy, man. So He's I don't just- actually think – I don't he think Kyrie's attention. dumb. Kyrie's not dumb. Kyrie's just Kyrie speaks in, in a way <laughs> to get to get reaction, right? So he's he's actually a fairly introspective guy. He is weird. He's That's I'm not attention. saying he's not weird. He's That's really attention. strange. But I will say to his point, um, the hierarchical structure of having this hard ass coach, we know especially in the NBA that doesn't work. It is a collaboration. I do think you need a coach. I think you need someone who works not. He doesn't. He's not in charge of the talent, but he works with the talent to find the best ways to get something out of them. But Kyrie is fucking crazy. Yeah. All and right. He's a flat Earth. Uh, this is <laughs> gonna be a fun one. We had the presidential debate a few days ago. Um, it was the most entertaining thing I've ever seen, except for the fact that all our lives are dependent on it. So it was actually. It was a terrifying. dumpster fire, is what it was. Yeah. What, I, I love how CNN actually had it quoted saying, "This was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire." inside a train wreck that was jake tapper too out of all people you know and it's it's very easy if you're if you're uh, a right-leaning guy or left-leaning guy to just side with your guy in that in that protest but in that protest in that debate but i think everybody's looking at it as like these are the two idiots the two biggest idiots we've ever had and it it just it just sucks because you have one guy that didn't let the other one talk and you had the other one who if you let him talk would just confuse himself so the thing is um we're reaching a point where we've never had as much polarization um, when it comes to political views. We have a couple of things working against us as a free society. We have the fact that people are entrenched in their political opinions, regardless of what the parties actually represent. They just associate themselves with a party, which doesn't make any sense. The next thing that we're seeing is people are have become totally one-issue voters. So if I'm pro, yeah. you know, anti-abortion, let's say, I'm going to vote for the party that's anti-abortion, regardless of what the rest of the party uh, stands for. So now what happens is the debates aren't for regular people. The debates are for the worst 10% of society. Debates are or to to rally 10%. These, I think it's the worst the worst parts of, of society who who basically need this as a rallying call to go out and vote and it's just speaking to the lowest common denominator. Uh, they should instead the lowest common denominator instead should stop wasting their time on debate and come watch hot sauce sports because we joke about dicks and farts. This debate did nothing. Nobody there's no more people voting for Trump. There's no more people voting for Biden. No, this debate it was started. actually it was a two-hour waste of time. Absolutely. And last uh, segment. This is actually breaking news. Uh, the doc is in. Doc Rivers agrees to five-year uh, deal, deal or contract to coach the Philadelphia 76ers. Pease, I think you actually predicted this a few shows ago. I did. You did? You said Sixers. Nice. I did. Eagle, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this one thing, though. I'm going to do this one thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow clap for you. Because the doc is in, you ad-libbed that one. We didn't give you anything to work with. That was great. That was great dad jokes by you. That's and the best part of Rapifiers. We get to slip in all the dad jokes. It was Pokemon reference, which is even better. Absolutely. Um, so I guess the Sixers are going to be the next team to blow a 3-1 lead, right? So like you can't, you can't just do that three times. You need symmetry. You need to do it uh, with four teams in four decades. You know, the 2020s are about to start. Uh, so let's, let's get it on with Doc Rivers, with I guess. President, with a new president. 
Um, the problem with the look, the problem with the Sixers is not entirely coaching. I don't think Brett Brown was a great coach, but at the same time, the the they need complementary pieces to work around their stars, and they need to find a way uh, to get to get uh, you know Simmons and Embiid to be able to play together and not clutter up the paint the way they do. I also just realized I've worn this T-shirt for the last three episodes. Yeah, I was gonna say you gotta do your laundry. No, I do it, but this is this ended up being my Thursday shirt for some reason. All right, I'm glad you had. And if you would like a shirt that you can wear every Thursday, you can DM us, and I will bring one to you at the lowest cost. Yeah, just slide into Terry or his DMs, and he'll he'll fill you up with a shirt. Um, So that's that's been you. That's been your shirt, Um, Eagle. You've been you. Ivan Pease, and is there a drop? Trust me, it played. Just don't right. ask the question. You Let it play. Hot sauce sports. I don't know. I don't know how this works, <laughs> man. It's terrible. I missed the studio already. I miss it. That was a great show. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Carlin Gay. That was awesome. <laughs> Are we still recording? Or? I don't know. There's no way I can know that, Terry. I know, but I'm asking you, bro. <laughs> <laughs>